Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we are in recovery mode from GPDC. Absolutely. Getting older, it's a lot harder to bounce back. Today, uh, relearn what it means to be an adult. Yeah. It's you have fun and make decisions and then get punished by having to go to like your real life. Yeah. So we got back at three o'clock in the morning. Well, you got back at three o'clock in the morning. I think I rolled in here at like a little after 3.20. Okay. And then I went to work at uh, 9.30. I like was at work. Yeah, I, I did got, not. I took today off. I got up at eight and worked out and then went to work. Oh, man. So uh, that's rough. And you have come down with the GP crud. Yeah, I got GP-itis of some sort. And I can feel it. Like, yeah, well, it didn't hurt that I was... And nose and... It didn't help that uh, I was also dying uh, yeah. on the way up there. Yeah. So every time you go to a GP, it seems like someone in your group or you yeah. ends up with some sort of cold or sickness or something. Well, I mean, that's kind of a uh, part of spending a weekend in an event hall with 3,000 people. Yeah, is you just are around a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Per usual, uh, we encourage you to reach out. So you can find us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can email us at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. And you can catch us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Yeah, it's a good way to let us know what you think and give us show ideas. Mm-hmm. Like I said, last week we, it was a Twitter show. I think we might have another one coming up. We do have another one coming up. Next week is going to, at least part of the episode is going to come from another listener of ours. Yeah, if you haven't figured this out, like James is the, the brains behind making show notes and figure out <laughs> what the topics are. Hey, man, and, you put the legwork in in other places. Yeah, and then I edit the podcast <laughs> to make us sound smarter. Yeah. So it's a good system. Yeah, we, it works for us. Yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, like you would have gotten the round-by-round uh, round update of James' success and my descent into darkness. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. I'm pretty um, pumped, though. We're going to kind of talk about how we went up there, kind of what our process was, how we kind of got the most out of things, yep. and maybe give some tips for people when they're at GPs, and then talk about what we did. Yeah, um, a lot of the events operate a little bit differently than events at a LGS. Yeah. So I figure we talk about that for a little bit and just let people know how things work. Then we can get into a little bit of recap of how the how the weekend went. And, and go from there. Yep. So... We had five of us. There were seven of us total, but there was five in our car. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of all gathered at one house. One of us has kids, thus has a family cruiser type vehicle. Yeah. We could all pile into uh, one vehicle. Yep. I would safely say there were four and a half seats. <laughs> and I was in the half seat. You sure were. It's probably less than half a seat because the third row is like half a seat anyway. And then you only get half of the third row. Yeah, and then so. there's no footwell back there. No. But I was able to balance the computer on top of a cooler <laughs> and edit the podcast so I could get it up Thursday. So I showed up at the hotel, got on their internet, and immediately posted it. Yep. But, I mean, the, the trip up, nothing eventful happened. I think nope. it is, though, a, a chance to point out kind of our philosophy of eat good food. Yes. So we stopped at a barbecue place. What is it called? Uh, Schuler's. Schuler's. Yep. It's on uh, 38 headed towards Latta, I think. Like right before you get to 95. Yeah. And it was on like Food Network at some point. Yep. And it's pretty good. And it's like a $10 all you can eat barbecue buffet. Yeah. Right. Like you could stop at McDonald's and get a quarter pounder or Mm -hmm. you could stop at someplace good that you don't drive by every day. Yeah. And like the food's good. Yeah. So, you know, maximize your uh, enjoyment on your trip. Yep, let's see. Uh, I think that's the second time we've stopped, right? Yeah. 
both two magic tournaments yeah yep no it's kind of nice too because not everybody that we went with we get to see all the time like yeah. obviously i get to see you all the time and uh like nick and cameron i see you know, a reasonable amount of time but our friend tom like i only get to see him you know a couple times a year handful of times a year maybe and that's usually when he's cutting your hair usually when he's cutting my hair yeah he's turned into quite a busy guy yeah so it's nice to get to catch up with him we got up there thursday because magic fests are three days yep they uh start friday and then the main event starts Saturday, and day two, and side events and stuff for Sunday. So what are the advantages of getting up for that Friday? In my opinion, the biggest advantage of getting there Friday is vendors have the best selection of cards on Friday. They do. People haven't picked through them all weekend yet. Especially if you're looking for hard-to-find stuff, you know, high-end reserve list stuff, or oddball low print run cards friday is really when you want to look for that kind of stuff yeah and if you are a collector there are just so many like random things that like there were cards i'd never seen before yeah and i think this happens at every gp yeah you remember that uh i forget which booth it was but there was a booth that had a whole bunch of like judgment test prints if you've never seen judgment test prints i highly suggest you hop online and google it real quick they are beautiful and then they had um early test prints of foils they had a city a foil city of traders yep that was a test print yep it was sixty five hundred dollars mm-hmm because there was only there's only a handful of them out there. The card was never actually printed in foil. Yeah. Um, so for it to be a foil, there's only there was only the ones where they were seeing how foils looked. Another booth had a bunch of foil M15 planeswalkers that were blank. They yeah. had no picture and no text. Yep. And there was like one in each color, but the mana symbols were wrong. Like the card was red with like white mana symbols. Yep. So there's always these oddball things. Yep. So I went in and took a bunch of standard stuff so i like to maybe a little earlier than this normally but i took all my standard rares all the various standard specs i had made that had not worked out some specs in older formats that had like sliver stuff yep and went in and found a vendor that had grim monolith Mm -hmm. a high-end reserve list card and just gave them a pile of cards and got like 250 dollars and that like eight a little over half of what I needed to get three Grimondalists to have a playset so yeah. I can do degenerate stuff in Legacy. Yep, seems pretty good. When you're looking for stuff at vendors, it's really important to wander around. Yeah. Because even though they're in the same room, they kind of operate as their own separate little economies. Oh, they de- they are definitely their own separate like, little economies. It's not like if you're at the Channel Fireball booth, they've gone and checked to see what everyone else is charging for the cards you're looking for. Right. You can walk around and there can be a 20 or $30 difference in yeah. a card. Aside from that, the first booth you walked up to in the event hall was buying Renin 6. They had a board set up with buy list prices. They were buying Renin 6 for $24. If you went to the back of the room and looked at the vendors back there, they were selling Renin 6 for $24. Obviously, there's no money to be made buying from one booth and selling to another, but that shows you how much the price can vary just across the event hall. And then you could buy them on TCG Player for 19 Right. You can like walk around and you have to like kind of shop and be like, hey, I want something, but I need to look at like four booths first. Yep. So that was like the first thing we did was, well, I did is I walked yep. in and sat down and got rid of cards. Yep. Uh, usually the first thing I do is I go to... Um, especially Star City Games, but some of the other ones have started doing it also. I know one of our local stores here, or local-ish stores here, uh, Cape Fear does the same thing, but they'll have like a scratch and dent bin. 
heavy played yeah. high end cards. I mean, some of them aren't even heavy played. There's some nice stuff in there sometimes, yeah. but it's stuff that has a defect that makes it so like they can't sell it normally. And you can get really good deals. You got uh, foil stomping grounds for fifteen a piece. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, that's a killer deal. I mean, that's what a normal stomping ground is. And I was like, I can't tell what's wrong with these, and we had yeah. to like kind of twist them. You can see there was like a little like a little crease on the front, but yeah. in a sleeve, like it's gonna be fine. Yeah, you'll never see it. Yeah, I mean, most of my dual lands are from the mm-hmm. Star City Scratch and Dent box. Um, I think all of my duels are from Star City Scratch and Dent. They'll usually have a sleeve with like six of them. You need to go through and pick, pick out the best ones. Pick out the best ones, but yeah. yeah, you can definitely find good stuff. Yep. Bring cash because some of the booths only work in cash. Yeah, the booths kind of have a uh, like a growth pattern. And a lot of the newer booths will give better deals, but aren't quite set up to take credit cards yet. So they will take cash exclusively. So that's just something to be mindful of. Because like towards yep. the end of the weekend, it was like, I want to get this, but I don't have the right. cash for it. Yeah. Just something to be mindful of. Yep. And those, uh, we mentioned that singles in general kind of get picked over, like over the course of the weekend. So that's a good thing to get do on Friday when you get there. But the scratch and dent stuff especially... Yeah. Gets picked over really heavily on Friday. So, okay, we, we have retail. Yep. We, have, we have spending too much money is, yeah. is step one, apparently. <laughs> so what are the other reasons to get there early? On Fridays, they run last chance trials. So what's one of those? Uh, last chance is a way for you to get buys for day two. We do quite a bit of you know playing in larger events, and it's really hard to get two buys for an event. Typically, you only earn one buy for GPs through the Planeswalker point system. And I think we talked about that in a yeah. previous episode. Last chance trials are events that you can play that are typically the same format as the main event. You can play them on Friday and you can win two buys for the main event that weekend. So they're like single OM, aren't they? I don't know that I've actually played it in one. I'm not sure. Yeah. So basically you have to win the event to get your buy. Yeah. And basically they just keep running them over and over and over again. They set okay. one up, it runs, and then like an hour and a half, two hours later, they have another one mm-hmm. up and running. Like we talked about before, one of the benefits of playing in any kind of sanctioned competitive side event yeah. is there's always a Planeswalker point multiplier for that event. Yep. There are three or four multipliers for all of the the side events. Yeah. And then things like... Uh, MCQs Mm -hmm. have a higher multiplier. So there was also an MCQ that we all participated in. Yep. The MCQs, they typically run one a day, like over the course of the weekend. So there's one Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday. Because they're like a six-round tournament. They're like an all-day event. Yep. So they can't just kind of stack those. Right. Especially with Sealed, if you can get there on Friday, it Mm -hmm. gives you a chance to play the Sealed format. Yeah. Because we took some time to build sealed pools, but then we didn't play. Right. And I played better in the main event than I did on Friday because I knew the cards better. Yeah. And I kind of like play a little bit on like intuition. Yeah. And like, oh, I don't think there's anything for one black. Right. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be fine. Right. Just being able to actually have seen the cards and played them and seen interactions. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to kind of think about the interactions, but it's another thing to actually do it. Right. Get blown out by one or something. Yeah. This event was also kind of weird because one of the things we were going to talk about last week was tournament prep. We kind of ran out of time last week to cover that, so we didn't. And then we said that we were going to cover it in this episode. But we didn't prep. We didn't prep. This is the least prep I have done for any event I think I've ever played in. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I know for Kaladesh and Amonkhet sealed after the spoilers came out, like I was going to seal deck generators online and then making proxies of the cards and actually playing matches with my sealed pools and building sealed pools and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. This, I think we built a grand total of six sealed pools. Yep. In the hotel room the the night before. Yeah, we did four on Friday night, yeah. or on Thursday night, Thursday and night. two on Friday night. Yeah, and that was that was our prep. Yep, that was it. And then the one sealed, we all got to play right at the MCQ. So it was an ideal situation in terms of how you'd want to prepare for it. Yeah, yeah. So going early, you get to do like a, the, the MCQs, mm-hmm. the last chance qualifiers, yep. and they're also running all of their regular side events. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that go to GPs to not have anything to do with the main event. There's tons of other stuff that happens at GPs. They do challenge events, uh, usually twice a day for most formats. It's a three-round event that pays out in prize wall tickets that you can redeem for either booster packs or you know giant cards or they have a single yeah there's a small single selection you can get sleeves play mats whatever for three thousand tickets you could get yourself your very own uncut foil war rare sheet yeah i don't know where they would have got that from i have no idea so there are those they're also like on-demand events yep. particularly for like drafts yeah but they do more than drafts too yeah. there's like on-demand uh Commander. like that's how they run commanders on demand Basically, what that is is you go up and you register. You say, "I want to do a draft," and they yep. give you like a little pager. Yeah, like you're like you're waiting at Applebee's. Yep. And then when they get the eighth person for your draft pod, you get a buzz. You show up, and then you walk over, and they hand you three packs, and you draft. Yep. And those are single elimination. Yeah, the on-demand events are kind of cool though because you can do a whole bunch of them like in rapid fire, and they're the cheapest events at a GP to get into. Yeah, and, um, and the payout's fine. Yeah, it's fine, but it, it, I mean, it's also the lowest payout, but yeah, it's not, like, proportionally, it's the same. It's just... Yeah, like, I've, like, scrubbed out of GPs and then just spent Sunday, just show up at nine and mm-hmm. just jam draft after draft after draft after draft. Yep. A lot of times they'll have, um, like, weird, wacky formats in so, the on-demand section also. Like, chaos drafts. Yep. Uh, if you don't know what a chaos draft is, it's uh, basically just random booster packs. So you'll get booster packs. I think the last GP we went to, uh, Nick said he got like an Apocalypse booster pack in his. Yeah, or like, I think he got a Modern Masters or an Iconic Masters this time or something. Yep, just a whole bunch of random packs and you build a deck out of it. It can be pretty interesting. Yeah, you're you're kind of forced to do like bread and butter magic, like limited stuff. Yep, I believe they had Pack Wars this time. Okay. I think that's the first time I've seen that in an on-demand thing. There was Best of One events. Yeah, there was a, a war sealed event that was seven rounds, best of one. So basically it was like playing sealed on arena. Yep. I believe they also had turbo drafts, which are basically there to teach you how to draft. Okay, I didn't know that. You don't know what turbo drafts are? No. Okay, turbo drafts, you draft like normal. You know, you sit in your pod and you pick a card and then pass mm-hmm. the rest. And then you play a game. That's it? Yep, just a game. So you're paying some premium to open some packs well i mean there's a payout when you're done but yeah it's a very low like you're not going to double your money like you would in some of the other events but yeah you just you get in and you draft and you enjoy the draft and then you play a game and then you go draft again fair fair i could i could kind of get behind that yep um they also have uh this section they call turbo town Mm -hmm. which uh, is kind of like a pickup game Mm -hmm. where like one person 
pays like yeah you know, i think they're like five dollars or something mm-hmm. and you pay five dollars and you sit down at the modern table and mm-hmm. the next person that pays five dollars to play modern sits across from you and that's your opponent and then you play you play for some number of tickets yep one of you wins gets tickets one of you loses and does not right. and then you can just do it again yep so you just get like random random games in mm-hmm. so those are all the kind of different things you can do there's cosplayers that run around sometimes yeah. I, I think we skipped over okay. one of the most important events that we look forward to uh what is this the double ups okay the double ups yeah, yeah we didn't talk about the double we ups. didn't talk about the dollars the double ups are basically the same thing as a challenge event except they cost double to enter and pay out double when you win Hence the term double up. Yes. They are a great way to get tickets, especially if you're a competent player. They also tried something new this time around with the challenge events and the double ups, where normally when people are entering these events, they're looking to go like 2-0 and then draw the last round to hop into another event. Yeah. This time, instead of having to pair round three and sit down for round three and talk to your opponent and decide to draw for the last round or whatever immediately after round two you can take your slip up and they will pay you out for a draw yeah that way you can just move on to your next event yep which was kind of cool it makes sense for them too because it just like makes the event run smoother yeah and it turns over the next yep the next event and a double up 201 is a box um box and a half i 201 a regular challenge and it was 300 tickets so a double up would have been six. Okay. And a box was, a, a regular product was 600? Um, They were 20 tickets a pack. So. It would have been 720. You just bought individual packs, but there's like a yeah. box discount. Yeah. You're a high percentage of a box, if not a box. Right. It's a good way to do that. And a lot of times the competition is, the competition is pretty varied. Yeah. The, uh, the double ups are a little bit more competitive than the regular challenge events are. Yeah. But yeah, it can uh, it can be pretty wide uh, wide swath of players in one of those. Yes, again, a frequent uh, podcast uh, example. Anthony, a lot of times he doesn't feel comfortable playing in like the main event, mm-hmm. so he'll just go to hang out. But he'll just spend the whole two days or three days just playing side events. Yeah, well, uh, our friend Nick um, is a limited player. He doesn't particularly enjoy constructed formats, and he's gone to a bunch of GPS with us and just on side events yeah just goes and sits down and just like runs draft tables for yep for a few hours yep so they're all things to do and then you have like the main event mm-hmm. so this main event was almost 1200 people yep and it was modern horizon sealed it was modern horizons limited day one is sealed mm-hmm. and then day two is draft pods yes so you want to talk about like how how to get to day two well i was going to say like how the event operates like, okay for we people can, that we can haven't start there. been to like a gp before so uh you get in at like usually around when the hall opens around nine yep they usually will have up a list of everyone who's registered mm-hmm. so you want to check to make sure you're on that list you can also check it online yep. make sure you're registered just make sure it hasn't something hasn't happened because yep. you know it happens ideally you've registered three four weeks before or two, or a month and a half before that way you know you're you're on there before you make your drive yeah it doesn't happen super often but the events are known to sell out um i know the most recent gp jersey sold out and uh some friends of ours had actually planned on going to that event we're kind of stuck when they got there and couldn't register because it was sold out yeah so you want to check to make sure you're on the list and then at some point they'll announce your seatings for tables mm-hmm 
and it's for the players meeting so you'll just right. go sit and they're seated alphabetically the person you're sitting across from is not your opponent you're right. not going to play at that seat then the judge does their spiel Mm-hmm. tells you you know how the tournament should operate and that if you have a question just always call a judge always call a judge yep. and things like that then they'll put up the pairings for the first round mm-hmm. so in a limited gp uh, you have to register your sealed pool so when you sit down to do your players meeting they will give you six packs and the person across from you six packs and a sheet mm-hmm. and the sheet has a bunch of little boxes in the name of every card in the set. Mm-hmm. And what you'll do is you'll open your six packs. Okay. These are the cards that are in your pool. You're not really supposed to look at them super closely. Yeah, you're just supposed to uh, fan them out so that the guy across from you sees that uh, you're not trying to do anything weird with them. You're not trying to sneak cards in or out of your pool. And then they will then do the same thing. Yep. And then you've got to put your name and DCI number on the on the sheet that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there are instructions of which side to put it on. But anyway, you hand the cards across to each other, mm-hmm. and then you sort the cards by color and alphabetically, yep. and then you go through that sheet and you list what cards are in the pool. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you have a record of what they opened, so right. they can't stick cards in their deck. Yep. Then you hand the sheet and the cards back to the person across from you. Yep. So you should have in front of you the sheet and the cards that you were given in the first place and opened. Yes. And then you go through and verify that they didn't screw anything up. Mm-hmm. If there's something messed up, you call a judge and they like fix like, hey, this one looks like a two. Yeah. This three looks like a two. Or Can whatever. we fix this? Right. And then you have, for this, it was 45 minutes to build. It was 45 minutes? Or I think 30. once build time started, it was 25 minutes. Something. Yeah. I think it was 45 minutes total, including registering the pool. But yeah, build time, I'm pretty sure, was 25 minutes. And then you build your deck. Mm -hmm. You then have to go back through, and then there's another column of boxes that say played. So one column is total in the pool. Yep. That's what the person across from you put their numbers down. Then you put how many you played, Mm -hmm. and that is your main deck. Right. And unlike kind of like a casual Friday Night Magic, you can't change the cards in your deck. Right. Whatever you register on that sheet is what you have to present for your game one deck. Yes. And in this format, you had to make sure you registered your snow-covered lands, more on that later, and things like that. So you you have to put how many lands you're playing, Mm -hmm. and that's the deck you have to play game one. Yep. Now, everything you don't use is your sideboard. Yep. You can do whatever you want with that. Whatever you want with it. Once you build your deck, you can give your deck red sheet to a judge, and then you're free to, like, wander around until the first round starts. Grab a cup of coffee, take a leak, whatever. Yeah. Usually, you'll go over to your friends, and you're like, hey, this is what I built, and one of two things will happen. Yep. Thing one is, good job. Yeah. Thing two is, why aren't you playing this card? Right. And we had that happen this time. Yep. And we're like, you have to sideboard this card in mm-hmm. every game too. Every game, yep. That happens. That happens mm-hmm. to everyone. Where you like brain fart or like don't think it through mm-hmm. or someone's like explains like the interaction and it's like, oh. Oh yeah, missed that. Yeah. And then the the round start, and then mm-hmm. you get paired up. Yep, you play magic. Ideally, the online pairings are working. Yeah, they started working better later on in the day at this event. Yeah. Um, but they they were kind of rough to start with, but that's a little bit easier than fighting through the crowds trying to get the pairings boards. Yeah, so there were like six pairings boards Yeah, up. I think so. They split them up uh, alphabetically, right? A through D was one, and mm-hmm. then like mine was like T to Z. Yeah, I don't remember what mine was. And, but but still, broken up like that, it was... 
H through N maybe was mine. Yeah. You still have like a couple hundred people fighting to look at like some sheets of paper with like size 10 font on them. Yeah. If you can just have it on your phone. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Pro tip, bring one of those backup batteries because your phone will die. Uh, What else should you bring? Snacks. How about a cable to use that battery? Day one, I forgot my battery and my cable. I just forgot everything. Yeah. Bring snacks. Bring snacks, yeah. So uh, we always end up getting like a case of water that gets kind of like used. Divvied up. During the weekend, I buy buy fruit snacks. Yep. Uh, I brought jerky this time, which was pretty good i bring trail mix yep just because there's no breaks there's no like lunch break yeah there's really like we were kind of lucky i was especially because i ended up with aggro decks most of the weekend so my rounds were done kind of quick and i had a couple minutes to catch the barbecue joint that's like right around the corner from the convention hall that we were just at but normally you don't and like the food in the convention hall usually isn't great and it's kind of expensive this convention hall's food is okay I got three very varied level of pretzel. Yeah. Day one, it was a little cold. Day two, just right. Yeah. Day three, a little overcooked. It was it was a crapshoot. Yeah. You always need to like to be able to like snag a drink with like your bottle of water. You right. need to be able to you know get some sugar in you with some fruit snacks or yeah. like nuts or something that is is reasonable to kind of keep you going because you're asking your brain to do a whole lot a whole lot like listening to us tell you to bring snacks you're like oh yeah whatever snacks but i can tell you from experience that your mental capacities diminish significantly as the tournament goes on if you don't keep fueling yourself played in a bunch of events where i can like directly correlate my performance to when i should have eaten that's a little thing that's going to, to help you out and just make it more enjoyable because like yeah. no one enjoys like spending four hours like starving. It might have been my round six opponent on day one told me that we needed to make the match quick because he was hangry. Okay. All right, man. Well, smush. Good on me then. <laughs> yeah. At this point, we can transition to like maybe talking about how we did. Sure. Okay. How'd we do? Some better than others. Yeah. James did very well. I did fantastic. I am super proud of my performance. It is the best finish in a GP I have ever had by quite a large margin. So, as I said, it was a 1,200-person tournament. Yep. James finished 50th yep. at 11 and 4. 11 and 4. There was a point where he was 12th in the tournament. Yep. Uh, that was round 13, I think? Yes. Because you dropped that one, yeah. you won, went to like 25, and yeah. then dropped your last round to end up at 50. Yep. Yeah, so when he was 10 and 2. Yep. There was a, one of the guys in my like when I was at uh, 12th, um, there was one guy in my pod that ended up in top 8. Hey, do you remember his name? Um, I could look it up. I don't know off okay. the top of my head. Cause I, I, I felt like I recognized the guy who won. But okay. I might have just seen him yeah. around a million times. So, um, like, realistically, I had a sh- shot up until, like, the last couple rounds of the tournament to top eight. Yeah, you were you were definitely live. You had to win your pot, I think. Yeah. Because, like, the cut, I think top eight for this was not 13-1-1, but it was, like, maybe 12-2-1. Yeah. So it was, you had to, like, go 2-0 draw. Mm-hmm. It's really competitive. Yeah. Day right. two was no joke. Um, so how- limited events are kind of weird also because part of day two was played on day one. Yeah. For day one of a limited event, it's sealed, and day two is draft. And you draft in pods, which may or may not be different than how you draft in your local game store. I know in our game store, we don't necessarily like draft in pod or play in pod. So playing in pod means you ideally, at, at the 
GP level, you're going to have eight people. Right. You're going to draft with those eight people because that's the number of people that are supposed to be in a draft. Yep. And then you're going to play just those eight people. If everyone opens packs that are kind of eh, yeah. you end up with a with eight decks that are kind of eh. Right. It's different than when you play like maybe your local game store, you might play cross pod. Right. Where you have a pod that opens eh packs and then the other pod opens really good packs. Yeah. The, there's a power level imbalance in the decks, mm-hmm. but like all the decks are a similar power level based on the cards. Right. Right. There's not like one person who just like got to see 40 better cards than everyone else. Right. The cut for day two is six and two. Yes. So you have to go six and two or better in order to make the day two cut. And if you do that math, you end up with a random stray round in there. Yeah. So they have to make it. Even. Because you're drafting and playing in pod, they can't just throw an extra round into one of those draft pods. And it's kind of awkward to make you bring your sealed deck back for day two because the chances of somebody, you know, farting around with it, changing cards overnight is very high. So if you make the day two cut, they make you play a ninth round on day one. I think we both started out pretty well. We both we both started out with a bye. That meant we had to win one less yep. uh, match. Yep. And then uh, we both picked up round two. Yep. And my opponent didn't show up for round three. Yep. My 2-0 opponent didn't show up for round three for some reason. Super weird. Uh, and you picked up your round three. Uh-huh. And then I picked up my round four, I believe. You did not. Round four was the one that I dropped? You dropped round right. four because I was 4-0. Okay. You were 3-1. When I was 4-0, I was at like table 36. So I was okay. like 70, 72nd in the tournament. Okay. And then the wheels fell all the way off for me. Yeah. Uh, I lost three rounds in a, in a row, and I participated in Magic Gathering Limited in that I did not draw good ratios of lands and spells yeah. for, like, five of those six games yeah. and uh, did the worst thing possible. There were a few times where I was just kind of like, yeah, it's done, like, kind of played suboptimally. Yeah. I might have been able to get a few more turns out of some games, but was kind of uh, dejected. Yeah. Just because it was like, it doesn't matter. Right. I had a game where I cast my first spell on turn five. Yeah, that's bad. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had, you know, matches where I had an opponent play the 2-2 that gets plus two, plus two when they play a creature. Yeah. Then played the bear queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it a 4-4, hit me. Mm-hmm. Then play the 1-1 changeling that can't be blocked. Yeah. Put two counters on it because it's also a bear. Great. And yeah, we were we were done. Yeah. I was done turn three. I looked at my hand and I was like, oh. And then I missed my fourth land drop or something. And I was like, okay, yeah, we are we are done here. We are we are cleared to leave. Yeah. And those things happen. Like you just, I could have kept a few more percentage points and probably should in some of my matches, mm-hmm. but it was just like it's just not my yeah. not my day. The uh, the next three rounds went pretty well for me. Pretty well. I ended up six and two on day one. Okay, um, you, can't, you can't you can't just go right to six and two on day one. How, how did you win? Was it round was it round six? Round seven? Yeah, I believe it was round six. Okay, so let me let me set the stage for everyone here. James is facing down lethal. Yep. His opponent is at five. Yep. James has uh, mostly a, empty board, right? Yeah. Opponent has no blockers. Mm-hmm. James has goblin or flame out mm-hmm. gives all creatures attacking can, creatures attacking creatures plus one plus oh. Yep. So he has no creatures in play. Right. He is dead next turn. Yep. I am at three, and he has nine power maybe on board. What's your draw for the turn? I tapped like the land in one. 
Okay, that's not supposed to happen. That's supposed to be sad times. Yeah. So how did the land win you the game? So after uh, the first game, I was playing like a red or a black, mainly black red aggro deck. Um, I opened up some pretty pretty bomby aggro stuff, and my opponent was also on like a black red aggro deck. And I thought being on the draw, I needed a way to go a little bit longer in the game. So I sideboarded in Throws of Chaos. Throws of Chaos is an interesting magic card. Yeah. It doesn't do anything except for Cascade. It is three and a red for a sorcery that has the word Cascade on it. Yep. And then a bunch of reminder text. Yep. And then it says Retrace. And then a bunch of reminder text. Right. So it basically has two game words and then two paragraphs of reminder text. So when you cast a spell with Cascade, Mm -hmm. you start... Before that spell resolves, you start revealing cards off the top of your library Mm -hmm. until you find a non-land card with converted mana cost less Mm -hmm. than the spell you cast with Cascade. Correct. And you get to cast that spell. Yep. And Retrace says if this is in your graveyard, you can discard a land Mm -hmm. to cast it. Right. So basically my thought was that card would let me go a little bit long. I didn't have anything in my deck that was more than a four drop. So I could just turn any extra lands I drew into action and hopefully keep the keep the assault going yes which it paid off for me because when i top deck that land on that very last turn i retraced my throws of chaos and cascaded and the top card was an endling which costs four and doesn't hit uh then it was land 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 and then vaishino sand sprinter which is a four one with trample and haste and uh it costs one red red yeah cost three so it's a it's a hit for cascade and uh killed the opponent yeah it was pretty good so that was good yep and then i think like that puts you to was that five one yeah i think so right and then you split your last two yeah uh i dropped one i don't really remember the other round that i dropped but i do remember the other round that i won because I won it in a pretty similar fashion to the Throws of Chaos. Okay. So I had some nerds out. My opponent was almost dead. He was at like seven life, I think. Okay. And I just had some small, stupid guys that weren't really doing anything. My opponent cast the green Changeling Spider. Uh, it's a 3-5, yeah. Yep. And then the turn after, the last card in his hand he casts, and it's morphodron or Mm -hmm. whatever it is the changeling lord and he names bears with it for whatever reason okay on my turn i top deck a goat nap goat nap two and a red sorcery gain control of target creature yep untap it it gets haste yep and if it's a goat yeah it gets plus three plus oh it does i targeted his uh, changeling spider with it it is in fact a goat because it's a changeling so it got plus three plus oh i swung he had to block it with Morphodron, which killed them both. And then I was free the next turn to crash in and make him dead. So there you go. There we go. Also another card I sideboarded in. Yes. That got you to 6-2. Yep. And then we had the... Um... Oh, no. You know what? That wasn't, that wasn't round 8. That was round 9. It was round nine. 9. Yeah. Okay. Um, round 8, I have to mention this because uh, I'm hoping he's going to tune in this week. My opponent was awesome. I don't remember his name. I should have written it down. He was from uh, San Diego and then okay. uh, had recently moved to Pittsburgh. And I believe this was his first GP, he said. Okay. And he was super stoked that he uh, had done this well in his first GP. And uh, we had a couple really, really good games. And he was a great guy. And I hope you're tuning in, buddy. So that got us through day one. Yep. You went to bed at 7-2. and two. 
Yep. Which put you around the hundredth place. Uh, yeah, I think I was one thirty-six going into day two. Okay, and then after that we go out to uh, to dinner. Yeah, this was Dogfish Head Brewery. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, any of you've ever heard of them or not? Um, I know uh, Brian doesn't drink, so he probably hadn't ever heard of them. But they're a pretty popular uh, brewery. You can find their stuff in the grocery stores around here. Um, as soon as I saw they had a brew house local to where we were, I kind of honed in on that and talked everybody into going there. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was a good place. Good. So that's where we went uh, Friday or Saturday night. Saturday night. What time yeah, we that, go to? That was Friday night. No, yeah, that was Friday night. Yeah, Dogfish Head was Friday night. Saturday, Saturday night, night was a uh, Korean chicken place. Yeah, that place was awesome. Again, try to eat places that you can't find at home. Yeah. If you've made day two, you've got to like be functional and not hungover yeah. uh, on day two. There's some stories about that we'll get into some other time. Yeah. In like I don't know, in a, a special a special uh, episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was maybe poor communication mm-hmm. or we didn't hang out long enough. Yeah. We didn't know exactly what time day two, so uh, the draft portion started. Yeah. In the past, they normally send out an email. Yes. Uh, just like affirming that you've made day two and letting you know where and when to report. And uh, I got no such email. So you showed up at 8 a.m. as soon as the hall opened. Right. Apparently you needed to show up at 9. Yeah. That was an hour of sleep that we'll never get back. Yeah, it's fine. It ended up working out for me. So Yeah. Uh, how many uh, drafts had you done of Modern Horizons before you uh, sat down to do your draft? Well, let me count real quick. Um, zero. 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 Very prepared we were. Yeah. Very yeah. prepared. So the night before, as we were leaving the convention hall, I uh, I said, who wants to teach me how to draft this set? <laughs> yeah. we. Uh, I think you read like one article by Martin Yuza. Yeah. I read uh, his article on Channel Fireball. And then I like worked out in the morning and was listening to the limited episode of the Pro Points podcast. And I yeah. think I was like, they said, don't draft black green as a trap. Yeah. And like. I think that was all the information you had going in. That was basically it, was don't be black, green, it's a trap. Yeah, and whatever Martin Yuza said. Yep. So you ended up drafting what? A pretty similar deck, actually, to my day one deck. Um, it ended up black, red, aggro. My first pick, I believe, was a Mox Tantalite. It was. Just because I figured it'd keep me open. I don't 100% remember like how the rest of my picks went, but I ended up with kind of an unconventional black red aggro deck i had three of the exalted goblin guys goblin champion yep i had uh two vaishino sand sprinters i had a couple of them in my pool from saturday also and was kind of impressed with them they had overperformed for me so when i realized i was in an aggro deck um i kind of prioritized those a little bit higher than i think most other people did yeah and rightfully so they won me a whole bunch of games i ended up with two goblin matrons and a goblin or a sling blade lieutenant yes kind of a goblin sub theme where i could get a little bit of reach if i needed to and the deck was great um it's posted up on facebook and twitter if you want to check it out i am super happy with it this may be a uh, don't try this at home thing how many two drops did you have in your aggro deck so my aggro deck had zero two drops zero two drops yeah maybe don't try this at home but it, it works it yeah, worked this well, time. I mean, my thought was I had like five one drops, I think. Mm-hmm. So my thought was that I could just double spell on turn two. How many times did you double spell on turn two? Uh, none. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out for me. <laughs> yeah, but. so your round one opponent was on, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, 
The uh, weekend kind of blends together. We, this. Then your round two opponent, we found all your two drops. He was red black. He was red white aggro. Yeah. Game three, you had out three goblin champions, mm-hmm. and just all of your creatures were bigger than everything he had. Yeah, I had. I think my opening hand had goblin champion and goblin matron. And then the way the game played out, a goblin matron and got sling blade. I drew another champion and then I drew another matron. So I was able to get all three champions out and then just started beating in with the matrons, making them four fours. And he's having to, you know, throw a creature under the bus every turn and eventually ran out of things to throw under the bus. Yeah. And then uh, your round three opponent was a little awkward. Mm hmm. Randomly through larger sanctioned events and even at like smaller, like, you know, an MCQ at a, a local store, you're going to get deck checked. Right. And when you get deck checked, you can't have any card that is not in your pool. Right. In your deck. When you do your sealed pool, every mm-hmm. card gets registered. Right. When you do your draft, you're responsible for registering. Registering the, your pool that you draft. I think your opponent may have registered the deck he was going to play. Mm-hmm. And then left two snow-covered lands off of his yeah. uh, pool. I didn't ask him because I didn't want to stir the pot any more than it was already stirred. He was he, he was very upset. He was very, very upset. So I didn't ask him exactly what happened. Um, the only thing I know is that when they came back from the deck check, the uh, judge asked to speak to my opponent away from the table. And when they came back, he was visibly upset and tearing cards up and throwing them across the table. Yes. There's one less snow-covered forest and one less snow-covered swamp in the world. There are. Rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. I went to great lengths to make sure I didn't didn't have other cards with my stuff. Yeah. um, That's generally... That should be rule of thumb anyway, is don't have anything in your deck box that's not supposed to be in your deck box. Like I said, I didn't ask specifics of the situation. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they were in his deck and he didn't register them for the deck or if they weren't even supposed to be in the pool i'm not i'm not sure what happened yeah there. but just good rule of thumb like you are you were given a deck box at the start yeah. of day one yep unsleeve all your cards in your hotel room yep take all those cards put them somewhere else and yep. then you can reuse that box and just everything that you got in your draft can just go in that yep. box that's exactly what i did right, you don't want to you don't want to have that situation happen yeah i mean yeah Th- that whole thing could have been Avoided, avoided super um, easily i mean obviously we're never gonna know now i ended up getting the first game and he didn't even have a chance to play magic but had that not happened who knows how that round would have went maybe, yeah. maybe his deck was better than mine maybe the stress got to him and he couldn't shake it off and he was tilted yeah. and that affected his performance nobody will ever know now yeah and then i think that your second draft maybe inexperienced in the format might have cut up with you some absolutely at this point in round 13, or for the draft going into round 13, it was the best I had ever done in any event that I've participated in. You sat down in 12th place. Yeah, I was table four in 12th place of a 1,200-man tournament. So everybody around me is a fantastic player, probably much better than me, and I am not a limited player to start with. So for me to do this well in a limited event is kind of crazy um but especially with zero experience with this format like having not drafted it at all it definitely caught up with me i was trying to read signals i wasn't getting any signals to read i think the pool for my pod in general was kind of weak i didn't see a single removal spell the entire draft out of any color yeah um which is kind of awkward i really didn't see any payoffs all i saw was you know, some of the role filler kind of stuff, which 
isn't really how you want to draft. The deck, I think, was better than I thought it was when I was done drafting it, but it was definitely subpar, and I think part of it was just because I'm a little bit inexperienced. Yeah, with. I think your deck was a good, like, normal set draft yeah. deck. Yeah. You were short on removal, but you had, like, good creatures and yeah. stuff, but this format has a lot of synergy yeah. and a lot of deep interactions, and, like, I don't think your deck had those things put together. Right. That just kind of puts you in a bad spot where someone might have put together a deck that, you know... When A plus B and C are on the board, something crazy happens, yeah. and you just don't have that. Right. You didn't have that. So that one, you ended up 1-2. Yep. And ended up 50th. I ended up 50th. Which is uh, pretty good. So now, apparently, James has an e-wallet. Yeah, whatever that is. There is uh, money in the e-wallet. Uh, I don't think there is yet. Uh, I think they said Thursday. There okay. should be money in my e-wallet. So 300 bucks. 50th That's... place was good for 300 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pays for most of the weekend. Yeah, most of it. Yeah. Pays to get you there and get you back. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good weekend, though. I'm Like I said, I'm super proud of my performance, and uh, hopefully I do this well in the next couple we're going to. Yeah. We got the recap of my first seven rounds. Yeah. I am not one to pay a $100 entry fee and not finish out the event. That is correct. I, uh, I believe we have told the story on the cast before about uh, the team event that we entered with Cameron and how Cameron had told me to... Uh, just keep playing. We don't want to make him angry. <laughs> I go to my round eight, and my uh, round eight opponent was Noah. Noah was, or not was, is. Yeah. Noah is a 12-year-old Magic player mm-hmm. who's local to D.C. and has been playing for a year. And he was super happy because he was 4-3. Mm-hmm. He was super happy to try to get to 5-3. We sat down, and uh, we, we, we talk about, like, Told him that like I'd been playing since well before he was born. Yep. I was like, yeah. I was like, I started in like Ice Age Fourth Edition. He's like, that's like two thousand one, right? I was like, <laughs> no, that's like ninety five. Yeah, I think ninety five, ninety four, ninety five. I was like, I think I stopped playing in two thousand one for like ten years. Yeah. Like I took a break longer than Noah's been alive. Yeah. Right. So Noah goes uh, turn one. The one one changeling can't block. Unblockable. Mm-hmm. And then goes, at the end of your turn, pitch a white card, play uh, the white force. <laughs> so now he has a 2-2 two, two unblockable. And uh, I don't remember exactly how the game went, but I was able to get there. And then we're sitting there, and I'm like, I wasn't really sideboarding. Mm-hmm. Kind of like my matchup. My deck was really grindy, and yeah. I wanted to play. Like, playing against a deck that was, like, he was Esper. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, playing against another Esper deck. I was like, I felt like my deck was well set up to handle that. So yeah. I didn't have a lot to bring in. And he was like, time for the super cyborg tech. And I was like, oh, so you're going to switch to your red green aggro deck? And he went, huh? huh? <laughs> How? I was like, I got the soul reads, man. <laughs> like, I know what's up. And he's like, how did you know? I was like, I really didn't. I just like <laughs> took a guess. You showed me Esper. So I assumed you were on red green was your other deck. Yeah. You just guessed? Ha. Oh, no. And the guy beside him was like, you're not supposed to give anything up, man. You're not supposed to let on that he got it right. I was like, yeah, man. Like, I got this figured out. Like, no worries. And he proceeded to, like, run me over game two. I was like, oh, no. Like, because I didn't sideboard anything because I didn't know if I was right. Right. And didn't have a whole lot for it, but I brought in, like, one or two cards. Mm-hmm. And, like, aggro decks were not my, my thing. But I was able to get there game three. And it would have really good for him to beat me just because he would have got that 5-3. Yeah. But, like, you know, it would have been, you know, 
Hopefully he agrees. Like, if I would have just been like, yeah, you got it, man. Yeah. 5-3. Like, I think that feels bad. Yeah, you got to earn right? it. Right. But uh, he was he was a pretty good player, and you know he's only been doing it for a year, and this was his first GP, and he was awesome. super happy. That's way better than my first GP. Yeah. I think I went 1-6 my first GP. I think I think uh, my first GP was back when they were nine rounds. Yeah. And I think I was 4-4. Four, four, I might have been three five and just yeah. not in the mood. Yeah. And my opponent came and asked if I wanted to draw. Mm. And I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, I just want to go get a beer, man. You want to draw? I was like, no. And then I proceeded to play because I didn't want to go out like that. So uh, it was good. Like, so I, I told Noah to listen. I was like, I, because I, yep. he was, he was all excited. He uh, ran into Marshall Setcliffe, and he mm-hmm. was getting everyone on the coverage team to sign different cards. Oh, cool! That he like associated with them or thought yeah. they would like. So he was super excited to get everyone to sign stuff. And then he said that Marshall told him that he had his like play of the day, and he went through his red green deck mm-hmm. and picked out all of the cards, and then like reenacted this like play where he swung for like twenty seven <laughs> on turn on turn six or something. Just like reenacted everything. He's like, then I did this and this, and then I swung and he like counted up as it was twenty five. <laughs> Marshall said it was like my, his play of the day, and I was like, oh, cool. So he was having a really good time. Good. That's what yeah. you like to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's important. Again, I'm not always uh, as as the guy at the in the three five bracket can attest. I'm yeah. not always uh, the most uh, pleasant. But being able to like have a good interaction, like yeah. he's going to go to another GP or keep playing because right. he had a fun time. Yep. And I think that's important. I played uh, in another ill-fated MCQ and played against like just a miserable human. Mm-hmm. And like I've played a lot, so like you're just used to like a miserable human right. every so often. But that can put someone off who's new. Yeah. Yeah. My my opponent my round three of my mzq when i came off of beating a chair because my opponent didn't show up <laughs> showed that furniture who's boss every spell i cast he was just like oh, all exasperated yeah and then he slammed his uh yagmoth uh, <laughs> mythic and then proceeded to like play two creatures the next turn and wipe my board oh great and i was like rough time buddy yeah uh so good thing you didn't have that one covered <laughs> yeah I still won that game. I then proceeded to get smushed the other two. But, yeah. right, like, just being, like, a decent person, mm-hmm. I think, can go a long way. That was Noah. I promised Noah. I gave him a card. I said, I will talk about, I will tell the tale of Noah yep. on the podcast. So your tale has been told. Yep. You got soul red, <laughs> but you also got to 25 someone the round before. So. Awesome. It's all good. You also got a podcast episode named after you. Yeah, I, this, uh, is, this will be named the ba- this episode, The Ballad of Noah. So there you go. You are, if we are like D minus internet celebrities, you yep. are, you are, you're probably now a D plus internet celebrities. Congratulations. You're immortalized. In general, like, so that was our kind of our experience. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, I dropped from the first MCQ at 1-3. Mm-hmm. I was a little under the weather and just not playing well. Yeah. Uh, so I have 18 rounds of sealed under my belt. Yep. I'm, uh, well, of limited, I think I'm about, I played in one pre-release also, so I'm maybe, maybe 20 rounds of limited. Yeah. In. So what are kind of the thoughts on the format? It's crazy. Like, there's a lot going on in this set. There, There is a lot going on. It is very complex, leads to strange board states. That being said, though, it's oddly cohesive also. Yeah. All the pieces seem to fit together real well, and it's going to reward a player who can build those synergies. 
it can be a very grindy format, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of really good two drops yeah. that are really powerful yep. and can lead to uh, some very aggressive, fast games. Yeah. As like my turn two, they play a two two, they play a creature, it becomes a four four, I take four, then they play a creature that's now a three three unblockable. Yeah. Like, you're just, you're done. Yep. I, th- I believe you said one of your opponents was on, like, mono grizzly bears. Yeah. And he, he went undefeated day one? He was, I don't know if he went undefeated. He was 6-0 the last time I talked to him. Yeah. He said his pool was just all two, basically all two drops. Yep. So he just jammed a bunch of two drops and just ran me over a combination of good draws and, like, some mana issues. Yeah. I had one decision to make in that game, I'm in that match. Yeah. I made it poorly <laughs> he had the the bear yeah uh, he played the bear on turn three and i was like okay i can tap all my mana and my creature to cast mob on the bear mm-hmm. or i can play the four mana one two flyer that gets a counter every time you draw a card yeah and i was like i'm gonna build up my board like you need to play something that gets big i could mob it or i have a flyer so it'll be fine and he proceeds to play the imposter of the whatever the sixth thing oh, the three yeah. one made it a five three yeah and then played a bear to fight my one two flyer great and so he had a five three a two two and i had like a two two yeah and i was like well this was a a turn late mistakes were made yeah it's like can't raise that but his deck was really good and really fast mm-hmm. so i do think there are like aggro decks but i know like in the top eight of the draft it was like ben white's mm-hmm. Drafted this like four color green deck where he had the spring bloom druid yeah. to go get his lands. He had a Kess. He had, um, so we've already said all the, co- oh, we said four of the colors, right. a Kess plus green cards. Yeah. And he just took a bunch of powerful stuff. And just and did whatever powerful thing he could. I don't know how he did, but like it seems like that's a legit, like, kind of 11th archetype is you just take all the fixing and all the bombs you see so you have like that really far away spectrum and then you have like a one an, an O one haste with exalted right and like two mana three ones that can be huge and yep. you know things with a bunch of texts yep that make them good two drops yep and so like you just have this really kind of wide range yeah especially coming off of the last couple um, like regular draft environments we've had, this set definitely feels more aggro in general than yeah than we're used to recently. But you can you can do kind of the fun crazy stuff, yeah. but you just have to be able to have a reasonable defense. And sometimes in sealed, you just don't have that option. Right. Like I boarded in some two drops that were better at blocking that were in my splash color and changed the amount of lands in my deck. Yeah. But. Like sometimes you you know you if you only have three two drops like in your I had four two drops total in my pool. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of ran into that on day one. Also, I think I had told you in between rounds that there were like five cards in my deck that I really wish weren't. Yeah. But had those five cards not been in my deck, I'd have been in the third color, and my mana base would have been terrible. Yeah. Like five cards is way too many to just splash, and my aggro deck, you know. If you stumble on mana, you're not an aggro deck anymore, and I don't play the long game. Yeah. So, like, I, I think I had two of the Minotaurs that get double strike if you draw an extra card. And you didn't have a way to draw I extra cards. I have zero cards in my deck that say draw an extra card. So it is literally a three mana, two, three. And I was playing the Scarecrow with the untapped symbol. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not an aggro card. That's a, mag- that's a mana sink. You know yeah. what I mean? So there was just some stuff in there I wish wasn't, but... 
the flip side of that is it kept my mana good and I was able to get there. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to touch on? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. It was a pretty good weekend. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I think best finish of our group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, unthroning me. Yeah. Currently have two pro points. Yeah. Uh, and then the pro point system goes away, so you you, you will be the uh, reigning will f- king of, right. of pro points in our group. I will forever have the most pro points of anybody in our group. This was a Modern Horizons release weekend event. Right. You know what started today? It started before the Modern Horizons re- release weekend also, event. Yeah. Was core 2020 spoilers. Yep. I don't think we're going to go over many no. of them, but... I haven't even looked at any of the ones from today. Today, I've been trying to trying to recoup because i got to get back to work tomorrow. It's just been super condensed. Like It feels yeah. like we just did war. Yeah. And I know war at this point was 10 weeks ago, roughly. Yeah. But like we did war, had eight weeks, then like... No, maybe seven weeks. and then mo- Six weeks, and then Modern Horizons spoilers, and then Modern Horizons... Uh, pre-release, then release, and now Core yeah, 2020 spoilers. And Core 2020 is in yeah. like two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. It's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's so fast, it's yeah. so much. I don't know. And then right after that is uh, Commander. Commander, which for me I just look at stuff to put in legacy decks. Unless you guys, our listeners, want Brian to talk about Commander cards. Oh my God! I'm springing it on you. I wouldn't. They'd be like, is this good in Commander? Like, I don't know. It costs <laughs> it costs eight mana and does something ridiculous. So yes, it, it's got to be good. Yeah. It's got to be good. <laughs> I traded my uh, the Apex of Power. Yeah. The eight red, red, red. Like, do something dumb. I'm like, yeah. this will never get played. I'm, it'll be like a seventy dollar Commander card here in a little bit. At some point. And I'll just be like, oh, I didn't see that coming because I have no <laughs> idea what goes on over there. Like four people get around and play an hour long game of Magic. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> The hour-long uh, games I can do. What's the uh, the eight-hour-long games that I can't uh, do? Sounds like a threat, not like an enjoyable yeah. time. But, yeah, it just seems like it's a lot. Like, there's just no time to breathe. Right. And, you know, there's a finite amount of money in people's wallets. Yeah, and on that note, we also have uh, Gideon's Spellbook. Should be coming out any week now. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I just spent way too much money on reserveless cards and shiny legacy foils. Yeah. I only uh, I only bought one expensive card, and it was from Brian this week, and everything else was from the dollar bin. Yeah, I did open uh, I did open a foil red and six as the first pack we opened in my uh, mm-hmm. uh, Horizons box. Yep. Now uh, it's in my possession. Yeah, that's basically all the money I have in my wallet is what I got off of, <laughs> off of that. Uh, and then on the way home, I bought a bunch of, like, on my phone because... It's too easy to spend money. I bought like a bunch of Horizons rares that are like under a dollar. Yeah. I'm like, well, they made these cards for modern. Maybe they shouldn't be a dollar. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of them and some other stuff that I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're coming. And then I was just like, oh, now you've got to get like hype for Core 2020. Core 2020 and figure out what you want to get there and get your boxes. And it's just like, yeah, it's a I, lot. I can't. It's my five-year wedding anniversary, and I'm starting to plan a trip for that. And it's like, I only have so much money, Wizards. Yeah, my wife and I are coming up on 10 years. It'll be 10 years in August. I mean, yeah, you can't, like, for your five-year, 10-year anniversary, you can't just, like, I don't know, go to, like, the Outback and be like, hey, baby, you get a blooming onion today. Like, no, you got to do something a little (laughs) bit more than that. Yeah. 
like that's how you like don't get an 11th or a 6th anniversary <laughs> that is correct <laughs> so it's like I, I can only give you so much wizards slow yeah. down yeah slow your roll and I'm assuming there's a lot of other people that are in the same boat that oh, are yeah. just like hey like I just like got my war deck together yeah and now I've got this and maybe I'm supposed to buy Modern Horizons cards I just can't do all of it yep well, I guess it's a core set, piggybacking Modern Horizons. Yeah. Core sets are generally a little bit lower power level than like a normal Magic set. So there, maybe there's not... There's already one card that seems very breakable yeah. that they've already like yeah. spoiled. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's one in a Jeskai. Yeah. So one red, white, blue for a 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Flying. Flying. What if you cast a non-creature spell? Mm-hmm. Make a 1-1 one, one spirit. Yep. You can sack a spirit. Yep, for a red mana. For a red mana. That seems dangerous. Yeah. That seems like I'm casting a lot of free spells. Like, it seems like him and uh, Runaway Steam can just, like, Go hang out together and yeah. just, like, give you all the mana. Experimental frenzy. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared. I'm in danger. I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. But, yeah, so there's some things I'm just like, I, I apparently am going to need these at some point because yeah. this just seems busted well, somewhere. See, that card has both white and blue mana in it so i probably won't, won't you probably won't this yeah. is true so i think that's everything we're like i said you've got me on like four and a half hours of sleep and yeah me a little bit under the weather i got the uh the gpitis so hopefully we sounded all right and hopefully you enjoyed hearing about us doing well me okay and james phenomenal yeah, that, it was awesome. I hope you guys were tuning in over the weekend and keeping track of our progress. Like um, I said, if you follow us on Twitter, I do my best. Uh, we did not speak of my MCQ, uh, my second <laughs> one. But I did try to, after every round, send out uh, an update on James, just something short. Yep. And then uh, when he would send me his deck, I would send out the deck so you had an idea of kind of what he was doing. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I sent you a picture of my last deck because it was you a did. trainer. Did I? I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. All right. you know, well, if I did, you guys can look at my train wreck too. It was it was not great. Okay, just real random here. What was your pack one pick one in your second draft? Um, it was a Mox Tanalite. What are the odds <laughs> of your of your pack one pick one in both your drafts being Mox Tanalite? Like, I, I have like no astronomical. idea. Astronomical. Yeah. How many uh, influences bear bear assaults? What are they? Uh, yeah, Ayula's influence. Yeah, how many were in your uh, pod in your second draft? So I passed four of them, and I drafted one of them. So there were five. There were five. You were live to just draft five of them and put 35, 35 lands, lands in, in my your deck. deck. Yeah. And turn three, play that, and then just make like yeah. eight power. Yep. Just be like, I hope this is good <laughs> enough. I'm either going to draw... A two two, <laughs> or I'm going to draw a thing that makes a two two. You just mull to the influence, and you're good. Yep. I hope you can be the two two every turn. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope this is too good. Ooh, a three three. We have Houston. We have a problem. Yeah. It was a fun time. If you mm-hmm. can go to a GP, I think it's definitely worth going. I love going to GPs. We kind of have some unspoken rules in our little travel group. Try and do about any event that's day trippable. We try and do that is within about two and a half, three hours of us. Um, and we try and do any weekend trips within about eight hours of us. Yeah. So we do like DC, Baltimore, Richmond, Atlanta. That's basically it. Like yeah. I think Orlando's Orlando's like ten. Yeah, we haven't done any in Orlando. Yeah. But like that's like the next closest yeah. place that there is one. Yep. 
So speaking of, are we good. thinking about Atlanta? That's the next one coming up, right? September. I I have a work thing. Yeah. I'm having a speaker come in, but I'm also uh, trying to figure out how to have someone pick them up from the airport or mm-hmm. take them to the airport on Saturday. Yeah. Depending on when their flight is, so I can catch a flight at six forty five in the morning to get to Atlanta at seven thirty. Yeah. To make it to uh, play, hopefully. 15 rounds of legacy hopefully my my plan is to start watching as much legacy content as humanly possible yeah and figuring out what i want to play i have i have some options yeah i've uh many many times at larger events been tempted to jump into a legacy event and use the excuse that i don't know the format and would feel uncomfortable jumping into a legacy event so I probably need to spend some time learning the format we can we can figure out the format together like i've been in and out and i've been out of legacy i haven't played really in, yeah. in a while but i'm going to do my best to yeah. figure something out other than uh like other than building lands because obviously i'm not going to buy tabernacles and such but i think i have most of what i need to build any deck i'd reasonably want to play so tarmogwyph might not be shadow banned in a in legacy so you might actually be able to play a tarmogwyph deck <laughs> maybe that'd be weird if it was playable in legacy and not modern all right with that uh hopefully we'll be giving you more updates of us doing well at GPs in the future. Yep. We're going to have a uh, another pre-release video episode with a very good comic podcast at Myrtle Beach Games uh, coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to try to get you ready for that. And yep. like I said, next week, we think we're going to try to level the battlefield again. Yep. So with that, check us out at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Casual Tryhard MTG on Facebook and show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. With that, we will again catch you at FNM, right? Yep, we'll catch you at FNM. <laughs>